Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is Robots on Typewriters, episode number 141. Some 41. <laughs> That's actually our theme song this week. We got the rights. Can you believe it? Uh, how much fans. did we have? How much did they have to pay us to give us the rights? <laughs> oh, we're rolling in it, baby. Don't worry. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Some Forty One. <laughs> so bizarre. I would actually love that if, like, some random like has been banned, like, decided to start <laughs> sponsoring podcasts in order to make money back. Yeah, who would be like the Some Forty One's like in the ballpark for that, like. I could see, like, Smash Mouth sponsoring, like, oh, some yeah. prestige kind of podcast. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, like, they would do, like, Joe Rogan or something. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I was thinking, like, yeah, this would be the wrong demographic, but I was like, you know, This American Life, mm. The Daily, like, that would, all the kind of, like... Ira Glass, this week, brought to you by Smash Mouth. <laughs> this is not brought to you by Smash Mouth, and this is not This American Life, because this is Robots on Typewriters, but... What is Robots on Typewriters? That's a good question. You wouldn't know from the last couple of minutes, but we're actually a um, computational creativity podcast where we talk about all of the ways people use computers and AI and random generation and, uh, oh my God, I almost said magnificent learning. I felt that on my tongue. I was trying to say you know machine I, learning. <laughs> I like to think of Machine learning is magnificent learning. It is magnificent learning. Um, yeah, people use that stuff to make art and music and tell stories and uh, make jokes. And that's what we talk about on Robots on Typewriters. And we I'm have really to used to, sorry to interrupt, but I'm on. really used to professionally, like the, the abbreviations AI and ML artificial intelligence and machine learning but now, now i'm thinking of it as artificial like amazing intelligence and, and magnificent learning <laughs> amazing intelligence that's yeah that's that is our tagline now and it will definitely be very clear exactly what it is we're talking about but uh yeah we ha we do have two segments on this show and they are um both named by random word generators and the first one is our zesty hat where one of us talks about something interesting that we would like to bring to the table that we learned about and then our second segment is uh trash toy where we play a game of uh, our own creation usually using some tools that we love and and this week it is my turn to don the zesty hat. And I've got a, a pretty big one. So tell me if I'm wrong and just lazy. It's a pretty big announcement, but with very limited information at the moment. Yes? Uh, I think you're right, but I also think you're lazy. No, I think <laughs> I mean, that's correct. I, I think yeah. it's really hard to tell what this announcement is, but it yes. seems like it might be enormous. That being said, what it is, is Lambda, and that is um, from Google, uh, Lambda, our breakthrough conversation technology. So I did see this, in fact, from a tweet by Max Wolf, who said, basically, did Google just quietly drop their GPT-3 competitor? Um, and that does kind of seem like what it is, though it does seem like they are positioning it to be not so um, free text generation based and more conversation based. Um, so basically uh, what Lambda is, is a big old, a big, big old language model. Um, I don't think they say how big 
big, do they? Because basically all that I have seen is this like very tiny little announcement article that they that they. I don't put up. think it's yeah. I don't think they say how big it is, but I they say it's basically the same as Mina, the chatbot that they okay. debuted last year. So I would say. A conservative guess would be around the same size as Mina, their 2.6 okay. billion parameter model. Okay, okay, yeah. So, um, and basically what they, they um, you know, mention that it's uh, like recent language models like GPT-3. It is built on Transformer, which is a, um, a neural network architecture that Google Research invented and open sourced in 2017, which is, you know, the, I guess, you know, architecture that a lot of our um, most uh, prominent language models are based off of at the, at the moment. Um and uh, but what they say is unlike most other language models, Lambda was trained on dialogue and they are seem to be really gearing it towards um, being good at having conversations rather than it being something that, you know, people use to write articles and just, you know, generate content like that, um, which is uh, what do you what do you make of that? Like, is it just to be like a better chatbot um, um, yeah, foundation I mean or like? That's what I'm getting out of it. And I think you made a really good point to say like this is unlike GPT-3. I, I think it's good to like position this as what how it's different from GPT-3. That GPT-3 is like if you need to generate text for any purpose whatsoever, uh, you should buy or you should right now sign up for the beta later on mm -hmm. buy an API key uh, to make GPT-3 generate that text where it seems like what Lambda is doing is more... If you need uh, text that looks like dialogue, then right. Lambda can generate that text. Which I which, guess, yeah. If you're selling yeah. that, it must be for chatbots, right? Right. Yeah. And I, I, because they've got this whole, um, you know, paragraph or, or section at the bottom of this article, which can be found at. Uh, it is. If you just Google, you know, Lambda Google, you'll find it. But it's blog. Yeah. If you just Google, yeah. Google, <laughs> just Google, Google. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, like a grandmother, Google, Google, they get on Google, um, and then look for Lambda. But uh, they have this whole section titled Responsibility First, um, which I, I read an hour ago, and now it's as if I never read it, so give me a second to, to uh, process these words. I did want to check if you go into Google News and Google Google if you get anything about Lambda, <laughs> but of course it's all everything else that Google's up to. Yeah. Um, this is old news, baby. Okay, so it looks like they are they're putting out ahead of, of this that they are prioritizing not propagating uh, uh, you know, the kinds of, of shitty stuff that gpt3 can just freely output because it's trained on just you know the whole you know godforsaken internet and whatnot um they they say that models trained on language can propagate that misuse for instance by internalizing biases mirroring hateful speech or replicating misleading information um and even when the language is trained on is carefully vetted the model itself can be still put to ill use and they go on to say that their highest priority when creating technologies like lambda is to work to minimize such risks i'm i'm not sure they say exactly how 
They're working to yeah, minimize you can't, their service. <laughs> you probably can't hear this over a podcast, but I'm exaggeratingly making the jerk off motion with my <laughs> right. hand because I don't I don't buy this for a fucking second. I actually uh, this could comes... hear that because you do that very loudly. I don't know how you manage, <laughs> but whenever you make I'm that sorry, <laughs> do you do you hear it every time I do that pantomime? <laughs> yeah, and I've just been letting it go because I felt like, you know, you thought you were getting away with this. <laughs> I actually turn it way up for post-production uh, so everyone knows how condescending you are. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think this comes uh, two months after Google fired their top two AI ethicists. <laughs> right? um, they basically say that their approach to making this less biased is uh, we build and open source resources that researchers can use to analyze models. Mm. Uh, that's basically saying instead of... Uh, you know, addressing whatever biases might be in this model or releasing it in a really kind of doled out, small dose, uh, limited way so that we know what comes out of it is, uh, you know, vetted and not so god awful. Uh, we made it open source, so you have right. to do all that. Right. We, so it's we like we gave it's, you the tools, you know, so you can't you guys, complain. Yeah. If you want this to be a respectful, above board language model, you should you should probably do something about that, and we'll let you. Like you can. Yeah. You have the our, you have the, our chefs are committed to food safety. That's why they bring out all the ingredients <laughs> and cookware to you to make your own like, fucking meal. Can you smell this chicken and do you, like if would you eat this would like would would you cook this if if this was in your kitchen And inevitably <laughs> there are going to be some weirdos out there that would eat that bad chicken right. there's going to be plenty of there's going to be plenty of use of this model inevitably that does uh have you know hateful god awful things and google right. will say hey we asked them to smell the chicken first yeah exactly so so uh i'm i'm sure we can't expect much more out of lambda than we can of anything else um but it as as we know right now it is on the horizon um i don't even do they even say like exactly when or, or no, anything they... They pretty much gave no information cool. and we're still waiting on like a, a testable or like uh, even like a small version of Mina that people oh, can chat okay. to that I'm still like dying to know how good at conversation is this thing. And right. I mean, I, I was like that for GPT-3 and I was very pessimistic and then it actually did kind of blow me away. <laughs> right. So I'm I'm prepared for Mina and Lambda to both be really good at uh, conversation and really like fun to use. But right. uh, I think in the the Google model so far is uh, drip these things out extremely slowly. So we might be waiting a while. Yeah. The only other little bit that I noticed that I wanted to bring up because I don't exactly know what what this means to them and what it says to me to us they say we're also exploring dimensions like quote interestingness by assessing whether responses are insightful unexpected or witty <laughs> so they're just like they're I, I don't even know like what that means i guess like yeah I'm i mean so that actually is somewhat meaningful to me okay um that there's in kind of in any of this like language based uh research you have to like define some variable that you're measuring like mm. our model is more blank than another model or right, our right. the speech synth so i'm i'm more in the field of like speech synthesis so like the what the voice sounds like when these things talk and we have this problem where everyone's been saying like what voice has the most naturalness what sounds mm. the most natural 
but there's no like big authority in our field to even like define what naturalness means. So right, like right. you just kind of like over the past decade, two decades, uh, even longer than that, you just kind of base whatever the last person said and like say like, <laughs> well, mine's more natural than that if you measure it this way. So it sounds like what Google's getting at is that they're trying to create uh, a new measure that is interestingness and they're going to yep. probably okay. have their own definition of how you measure that which on the one hand should google be the one deciding what that is maybe whatever kind of bracket that but it's probably good that somebody that is like a big player in the field is working to define a specific yeah. uh variable that they're looking at and like how we measure that variable that way other yeah. people can compare if their model is making things more interesting again by google's own definition than google is right um, and they kind of did that with mina too so you can go back many episodes and hear what i had to say about mina and yeah. about how we evaluate chatbots i do want to continue i want to continue that one that their their little paragraph about interestingness is the one that rightly rightly is not what i meant to say <laughs> is it right righteously <laughs> it totally tubularly precedes the um the their kind of thing about uh ethics uh and they say that um being Google, <laughs> we also care about a lot about factuality that is whether lambda sticks to facts uh something language models often struggle with um, and are investigating ways to ensure Lambda's responses aren't just compelling but correct. Um, so I think that that's, yeah, they, they definitely are putting um, putting themselves, uh, they're setting a bar for themselves here that, like, <laughs> I, you know, don't know that they will actually achieve, achieve, but they, you know, I think that they're positioning Lambda to be this, um, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase that I'm trying to say, like, they're oh, I feel like there's some idiom that's not coming to my head and it's I keep wanting to say they're putting the bar before the horse but I think that's <laughs> no I I'll I'll just say that like I was very negative about like I don't believe that they will ethically use this thing but I I do respect that they're at least paying some lip service to the fact that they want it to be ethically yeah, compelling. Like yeah. they they see where this will go wrong, and they're yeah. saying like we don't want it to go wrong in that yeah. way. But you yeah. know, bear with us. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's Lambda, and that's something that we will, I'm sure, keep our eyes on. And if there's any major uh, major updates, we will let you know. I did, by the way, do a hand salute when you said major updates, as if that is my <laughs> commanding officer. I did do a jerk off motion when you said major updates. Oh man, next week it's going to be my hat, and I think we might unfortunately have to have dr lee michael oh! harry clark back on oh the podcast oh my god absolutely yes but yeah that's that's lambda and that's me hat very nice hat thank you very much for lambda can't yeah. wait to see uh what if anything comes out of this yeah and now it's time for the trashy toy this week it's my toy i get to create a game and the game that i've created is inspired by uh some current events that by the time you're listening might not be current at all that's right it's eurovision i don't know is what's the eurovision theme song boom 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 boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then this it's magic. this magic moment in several different languages yeah that's probably right yeah uh yeah that's right this weekend that we're recording this was the grand finale of eurovision 2021 um, if you're not familiar, yeah. if you're American and and not cultured, I guess you can be an, an American and know Eurovision. Um, 
Eurovision is an annual song contest by which uh, all the countries of Europe, um, plus apparently random countries like Australia, they they all get to put forward a a song that represents their country in uh, one of the languages of their country. And it's a big old song contest that people vote on. And uh, there's like judges, but you can also vote from home if you don't know about this, but you do know about American Idol. It's like if American Idol was also the Olympics. Um, <laughs> and this is how bands like ABBA and Lordy and, and I'm sure... Uh, wait, yeah. am I making this? Did I like dream this after the the Jedward talk last week? Did is it, Was Jedward in Eurovision? Um, I think I, I might be making this up. I don't know that they were, but I no, don't they know totally that they were. were. Nice in twenty twelve right. and twenty and twenty eleven. Wait, yeah, you can be put up. It's a song contest, not yeah. a band contest, so you yeah. can be put up for it multiple times. They, yep, they were. They are uh, Eurovision exports. Awesome, yeah. So this is uh, how a lot of artists kind of get a bigger international profile after they've captured some uh, national attention. And we thought this was the perfect time to play uh, Star Maker, but a, a twist on it. Euro, yeah. Euro Star Maker. Yeah. But not the train, Euro Star. <laughs> Euro Star Maker. Uh, yeah, because it's called Euro Star Maker, we are going to be making some new trains today. <laughs> uh, we tried, speaking of trains, we tried to train GPT-2 oh, Simple yeah, on is- these things <laughs> using Google Collaborator, Google Colab, but... uh. You know, maybe I'm just salty about Google right now because Colab <laughs> is like not working at all. Yeah. So instead, we used a couple of our favorite tools. One yeah. is Talk to Transformer. Talk to Transformer at inferkit.com lets you uh, put some text into a text box and lets GPT-2 uh, generate some text based on that to essentially finish your prompt. So I got a big old uh, data set of Eurovision entrance, uh, song, artist, and country. And I let GPT-2 generate a bunch of new ones. And then I fed some of those new songs into Write with Transformer to let GPT-2 generate some descriptions of the songs or artists or whatever else it wanted to talk about. Uh, so now we're going we're gonna to have Eurovision. We, I think we'll go back and forth... Um, describing an entrant and then we'll uh reveal the judges scores for our entrant and see who ends up winning i yeah i actually i also used um text synth for some of mine i i kind of went back and forth between talk to transformer and text synth i can go ahead and go first okay our first entrant is a song called something different by czech artist dj arian <laughs> the song <laughs> I yeah I'm, I'm not very comfortable with that but uh the song explores the relationship between art and technology and what happens when technology makes art obsolete the oh. idea of replacing art with technology has been explored by many artists most notably Andy Warhol and his Andy Warhol factory <laughs> uh DJ hey, Arian is me, current- Andy Warhol I work down at the uh, Andy Warhol factory <laughs> Oh, I don't, I, I don't like this like cosplay that Jack's doing. <laughs> yeah, do you like it? This is my Halloween costume. I like to get a head start. Oh, you don't need to get like a several month head start on Halloween. You're, yeah, you you're do. creepy enough year round. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm a big fan. Uh, <laughs> of Andy Warhol. D- DJ Arian is currently working on his album called Digital Love, 
The album will feature many tracks based on his previous work and will contain a few other experimental pieces. So this sounds incredibly in line with our whole thing. Like it's about yeah. art and technology and like um I, I and kinda Aryans. missed the and yeah, you know, you know us. Um I kinda missed the um the spin on it. Is it like uh, worrying about art being replaced with technology or the opposite? What was the exact verbiage? So it explores the relationship between art and technology and what happens when technology makes art obsolete. But I don't think it's worrying. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing this as like, I think DJ Arian thinks of himself as like a cyborg, as like transhuman. Oh, okay, okay. So he's like, yeah, fucking let's make the artists obsolete. I am the technology. Yeah, okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it it allows us to root for someone who's called DJ Arian. D- yeah. <laughs> is it spelled the way I think it is? No, it's A-R-I-A-N. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And I think something different, it kind of makes makes sense as a title for this song that this, is, this isn't art, this isn't technology, this is something different. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, yeah, it sounds like, sounds like a good Eurovision song for, for a, a, um, art and uh technology age yeah i thought this was like the perfect way to start our uh our eurovision so let's see what the judges say so the way eurovision normally works is like it's multi-staged and there's like different times to vote and like judges and whatnot uh we're just gonna let random.org rate every song on a scale of one to 100 uh higher highest score is better so you want 100 points Uh, i was also delighted last night for the eurovision finale that the uk got zero points from the judges and zero points from the audience (laughs) what Uh, did they do so bad you left they left europe that's what happened no one's gonna vote for them (laughs) so fair so true bestie uh i guess the judges are a little threatened by art becoming obsolete because they gave this song a 25 so this will not be our winner you know, I guess, you know, pop culture isn't really there yet. You know, I think if they were, we would be way bigger as a podcast, probably. Yeah, I think uh, we would be we would be Joe Rogan if uh, we if, yeah. if this was winning Eurovision. The and second I think we became inst- that famous, that is exactly what we would become. I do think DJ Arian sounds like the name of someone who would be on Joe Rogan, though. It's true. Maybe that's we can we, maybe we can get him on, you know, kind of. uh trick joe rogan into thinking he's uh you know his kind of guy and and get him some notoriety and maybe he'll do better in eurovision next year yeah i i think it's our mission now to make uh something different (laughs) pop off and win next year's eurovision i think countries love to just nominate the same artist again and again like jedward yeah exactly um okay well i've i've got another i've got another entry here um and this is a song called papa tambourine by polish artist elena kubelska um tell me is it p-a-p-a or pop space a it's (laughs) p-a-p-a Papa tambourine. Pop open a cold tambourine (laughs) with the boys no um and it's funny i i um I thought this was going to be like a funny kind of like song about like an old jazz man or something like that, like Papa Tambourine, mm. who like takes over the jazz scene at night. But no, um, actually, the song Papa Tambourine by Polish artist Elena Kubelska is an ode to a special friend, a dog who always plays with you, that never gets old, that can <laughs> that you can never find. He always runs around <laughs> your yard playing, chasing you with his tail, chasing you with his tail, chasing you Ooh. with his tail. <laughs> 
what does that mean? Like coming at you butt first? <laughs> I maybe <laughs> he's a special boy. I think <laughs> he is a special friend. Um, yeah. So uh, this sounds like actually very sweet. Uh, actually. Maybe it's not sweet. Maybe it's a little bit more ominous than that. I can't really tell. He he never gets old, but you can never find him. <laughs> and he's always running around uh, your yard. Is this dog not just an imaginary dog? Um, I don't know. Uh, is it like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Tambourine situation oh. where like every night this person is digging up their own yard and every morning being <laughs> like, ah, Papa Tambourine. <laughs> Oh, I kind of like that, actually. It's like, yeah, it's a bit of a, I like a, a Jekyll and Hyde narrative that it's like a werewolf situation where like they become popper, pop, popper tambourine or papa tambourine at night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think the performance for this would be really, uh, oh, really yeah. interesting to see. Like, does yeah. someone dress up as a dog? Definitely. I mean, I don't know if it's Elena herself. Actually, I think probably Elena plays herself, you know, kind of on stage. And then there is a another dancer performer who oh, does wait, like a no. lyrical. What? The, it makes so much sense that it's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because Elena wears her front of her costume is just a normal like human singer. Mm. But the back is a dog. So that's why she has to chase with chase her tail. With her tail. Oh, I like that. That's that's some good. That, that would be some fun design. Um, but let's see what the judges thought of this one. Oh, pretty high. Um, the, they this one wa- got an eighty six uh, from the judges. Wow, that's so it's gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, I don't. What is like a typical like? What's the winning score for for Eurovision? Like, uh, it's like a, it's like judging like uh, figure skating, where I think it used to be like out of ten or out of a hundred, and now it's this like fucked formula where oh. it's like, oh, you got a three eighty seven. Is that oh good? Who knows? What the fuck? Okay, yeah. I didn't know if we were, I thought you had said that we were doing it on a one to a hundred scale because that's what We're doing did. out of a hundred, but real Eurovision <laughs> is just a mess. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But real Eurovision reveals the scores like this, where it's just one at a time, so you don't know if someone's going to oh, suddenly oh like, shoot to the top of the leaderboard or like someone will briefly be at the top of the leaderboard and then okay. fall. It's It's high drama. Yeah. So there was no channel in America that was airing it and only Peacock had it for streaming. Okay. So uh people were resorting to other ways to get it but you could legally watch it on a lot of european countries like local broadcasting uh channels websites but you would just have to then you know have whatever country's broadcasters talking over it so i did watch (laughs) the uh finnish broadcast of it that like when finland briefly shot to the top of the leaderboard they were losing their mind (laughs) i think everyone knew that like they weren't destined to win because they were the, the order they revealed them in made it. I don't know that you you had an idea Finland wouldn't stay at the top, but yeah. they they appreciated their moment in the sun. Yeah. Next up, I have a song called "Don't Need to Worry." The song "Don't Need to Worry" is a song by a Bulgarian band. Uh, oh. That band name is capital S S S. So okay, or maybe it's like S's. Or, I don't know. This is the, okay, okay. Don't Need to Worry is a song by a Bulgarian band. It's a song about a boy who finds himself in an unusual situation where his life seems to be in danger. The genre would be considered heavy metal if there wasn't a heavy part, but there is. (laughs) Can you give me that again? 
The genre would be considered heavy metal if there wasn't a heavy part, but there is. <laughs> but there is, okay. So, like, the rest of the song is already so heavy metal that the heavy part makes it, like, I don't know, loop back around, and now it's, like, folk music or something. <laughs> Very weird. But interesting. I mean, you know, I, I feel like there we come to expect a certain thing with, with genre music, and then uh, it's always fun when that gets subverted so much. Yeah, I I think it's, this is like an actual really fun thing about Eurovision that like lots of different genres get represented that you might have, you know, yeah. Jedward competing against like Lordy, the heavy metal Finnish band that won like right. a decade ago. So like you'll have these like weird, crazy contrasts or like you'll have like a, a very traditional like folk music singer in one genre, then like a super... Uh, modern like pop singer in it from a different country so yeah i think it's fun now that we have uh, uh what i can only imagine is like an unbelievably heavy droning bulgarian song <laughs> about a boy whose life is in danger <laughs> i mean i i also am a sucker for a song with a story like a fictional story about a fictional character so i feel like i would be into this yeah i think uh I think that if you can tell a story on the stage, it, it's going to win the audience over too. Um, so hopefully they might not get many points from the judges who might see this as like a little too intense for Eurovision, mm. but maybe the audience will fall in love. Uh, no, they did not. The, oh. uh, the the overall score for this is 19 out of 100. Oh, yikey. Okay, not good. <laughs> uh, don't need to worry. Uh, actually, yes, you do. How do you think they name their bands? Um, I, you know, obvious would be that there are like three people whose names all start with S, but maybe I thought you were going to say there are three snakes in a trench coat. Maybe there's, there are three snakes whose names all start with S's. So three snakes in that a trench coat. It. It's a very long, skinny trench coat. It's laying on <laughs> the ground. Without enough limbs to make <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. I've got another one here. This one is um, Where is the Sky? It's a song by Susie Johnson from the Ukraine. Um, and it is so it's a song about the sky, not about the sky itself, but about the sky itself, a part of our human history that is constantly being replaced by another. And when that happens, we lose sight of who we were before the sun. We lose sight of the past. Oh, this is some like Bjork shit where like, I don't think I'm really the intended audience. I don't <laughs> it's, think I'm going to understand. It's funny because Bjork might show up later because she did in fact seem to, in, in my um, collection of songs, enter uh, a song for Switzerland this year. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting that she's defecting from Iceland. I know. Where I would she like would to know the story behind less that. Competition. <laughs> that said, Iceland was killing it this year. Oh, Ooh, wow. so was Switzerland, though. Oh, yeah. Maybe she just had to pick a team. But um, but yeah. So so I I gotta say, you know, I do like a song with a story, and I think that's because I can understand what's happening. And when things get a little bit more esoteric and and uh, and, and uh, lofty, they do lose me a bit. So um, yeah, so it's it's about a part of our human history that is constantly being replaced by another, and that's the sky. Is that the sun? Like, is it the that each e or the sky that like each day the sky like the sun goes down and we get a new sky <laughs> the next day? That might be that. So these. 
they think or she thinks that the sky is like you know it goes away every day and comes back <laughs> new in the morning it's kind of a yeah, nice it's way replaced. it's replaced yeah yeah there's something poetic about that um whether she actually believes that or not it's it's it almost sounds like something akin to like a flatter theory but like doesn't actually sound that harmful i guess i, I was thinking of it it's somewhere in between the uh bill o'reilly sun goes up sun goes down you can't explain that uh <laughs> somewhere between that and like the ancient greek philosopher idea of like you can't step in the same river twice that mm. like because the water is moving it's a new river every time yes so yeah. i think it's I think it's less menacing to, to put it on that. Of like, and it's yeah, it's I, I never actually, the same sky. Yeah, and the last line of the description here is when we lose sight of who we were before the sun, we lose sight of the past. Which makes yeah, it's like it's you know who you were yesterday. We if I I guess like I think a nice way to look at it would be like who you were yesterday. After the sun goes down, you don't need to be that person again tomorrow. But it does sound kind of like if you don't, uh, if you lose sight of who you were yesterday, you could lose yourself. Uh, the next time the, the sky comes back yeah i think i think that's a good way of putting it that it's more about like you can reinvent yourself rather than like humans used to exist before the sun did and we need <laughs> yeah. to remember what pre-sun humans were like <laughs> pre-sun humans yeah 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 it's it's about it's about the you know change and and the and the the day-to-day -day and the you know what? This it might be a little esoteric, but obviously it's got something going for it because it got a ninety-seven. Wow! That What's is, this song called again? It is called uh, uh, "Um Where Is the Sky." Where is Susie the Johnson. sky? That's that's top of the leaderboard. And it's going to be really I need tough to, to beat. Be, are you keeping track of scores at all? Yeah. I am. Okay. Good. <laughs> it just occurred to me. All right. Uh, next up, we're we're going in a different direction. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they just have the same theme, and I'm too dense to understand. Next song is called "T Mama," hmm? a song by. Terko Verti from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Its title means, quote, the way of the mother in Serbian. It can be described as a folk style ballad that explores how the natural world has changed due to the rise of modernity. The song was inspired by the life of a woman in the rural part of Bosnia who left her husband and took up a job working in a coffee shop where she would serve people coffee. Oh. After the death of her husband, the woman returned to her village to see if the life she had left behind was better than where she had come from. Okay. I, I, like I said, love a story. What's the, so, so wait, the trajectory is she, she... <laughs> I think I lost so I, it. It's called The Way of the Mother. So I think she okay. leaves her like husband and kids in like a village and like moves to the city and like just starts working at Starbucks. Okay. Okay. Because it's I about mean, like the rise of modernity. And like, I guess that was like the life she really wanted. the fall wanted, of like, maternity. Oh, yeah. As modernity goes up, maternity goes down. <laughs> as much is true. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Then her husband dies and she comes back to like, I guess, go to the funeral and like see like. Oh, how shitty is this place that i left behind or like do i miss it maybe who knows oh, yeah i mean like i kind of like it i i've always there's always got to be something that you respect about a song that or, uh, just a story where a woman <laughs> leaves behind her children and <laughs> goes off to make a life for herself um you know yeah i think this song is uh i think it all comes down to like how she feels at the end if she's like you know what this is my life and like i'm 
I don't regret making a choice for myself, then like this is an uplifting song. Yeah. If it's like at the end, she's like, what have I done? And it's yeah. like, oh, this is this is reinforcing the narrative thrust upon us. Yeah. I think it's great that a, a band from Bosnia is writing a song in the Serbian language. I yeah. Think I, I think that would be contentious. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And I think it's great that they use the uh, what looks like it's just your mom in Italian, but it means <laughs> the way of the mother in Serbian, according okay. to GPT. <laughs> okay. T-Mama. Uh, yeah, so let's see what the judges thought about this. Uh, they liked it. This is not, not going to be number one, but this got 86 points. This is tied with uh, T-Mama and Papa Tambourine both get 86. Wow, tied okay, for second. okay. The mama and the papa. Yeah, my next one that I've got here is a song by a Finnish artist named Tanya, and the song is called Finger Time. All one word. <laughs> Ooh, weird. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be about? Finger Time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think musicians love to write songs about making music, so maybe it's about like playing chords on a guitar. So you would think, but it's actually another song about a mother. <laughs> which struck me when you started talking about uh, the last song. Um, Finger Time is a song about a mother who is diagnosed with a rare form of epilepsy and then goes on to find love. The song has a slightly darker tone than some of the others on the site because of the music videos, but nonetheless, it still has the same atmosphere and feel as its fingers. (laughs) As its sister song, sorry. As its finger finger song. song. (laughs) The sister song is called I'm Still Falling in Love. So um, I feel like this is a little <laughs> more uplifting of a mother song, you know, that genre of mother songs. Um, this is a little bit of a cheat to, uh, you know, in a song competition, have a song that has a sister song. It's like submitting <laughs> two, two entries. Well, no, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's, this is just a review calling it similar to its sister song. You know, it's, it's just a, another song on the album that... You know, every song has a sister song on the album. Um, so this this is like an aunt song because the finger song, finger time is a mother song. Well, finger time is a, is a, yes. Oh yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have a question. Okay. <laughs> sorry to, sorry to make this an interrogation. No. But, uh, so there's a lot of mother related songs yeah. in this year's Eurovision. Are are there any notable American judges this year? Why? From the why? band Fun? <laughs> oh, no, Nate. <laughs> Somebody get eyes on Nate Roos right now. Where is he? I'm starting to suspect that everyone's writing about their mom because they think one <laughs> of the pander. judges is Nate Roos. Oh, no. It absolutely, it, it, there's no doubt about it. Nate Roos is, is, you know, I don't even have to look up to know that that's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> You, yeah, try try not to look up and try not to look whatever. Isn't there? Doesn't he have what? a lyric about that? Try not to look up. To, what? It's in the the bat shit intro. It's like and I you've ever tried to be scared. To look over. I don't oh, know, try not to look upward. Try. Yeah, you try not to look, look upward. Whether Nate Roos is the judge. 
<laughs> yeah, he is. He's up there. Um, oh, man. Yeah. This is also making me very suspicious um, in general about Nate Roos's sway on the um, music industry in the last year, because um, in at least in my little corner of, of gay cosplay TikTok, the band Mother Mother uh, skyrocketed to popularity. And I wonder if they're actually a Nate Roos plant at this point. Oh, my God, I'm generating my next song and there's more mother-related mother, content. More mothers. Oh, no. We were just complaining about not having enough mothers on this show, and I think somebody heard us. <laughs> yeah, it's Mother's Day every day This in <laughs> no. Robots on Typewriters. <laughs> uh, well, let's see what the judges gave that, because that'll really tell us if there is if there's something going on here. Okay, okay, this one only got a 54, so it could be, you know... Nate's probably not the only, you know, voice with power on the in the, on the ju- at the judges table. So, so maybe the, the the mother pandering isn't necessarily working, but it is what was tried. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that you can't just write any old song about your mom and win Eurovision. Yeah, you can't buy uh, Nate Roos with a mother. You actually have to write a song about the sky and <laughs> yeah. pre uh, pre sun pre sky people. Yeah, yeah. My next song is called. What Have You Done by the Norwegian band The Reflection. It's a song about love gone wrong. The song describes the loss of love in a very human way, using the example of a young woman who had fallen for a man that she thought was perfect, but was actually a fake. The most notable part of the song is the chorus where the woman sings, I thought we loved and cared but you made me believe you're a monster, which was written by the original singer, Mina Haida, known as Mama at the time. This song is in the style of a progressive ballad, which expresses how a person loses love and goes on to make other choices in life. Okay. Uh, What do you think of that line? The, I thought we loved and cared, but you made me believe you're a monster. I mean, it's actually, it's it's very good. It's good. It doesn't really seem to like rhyme or yeah. like I, well, maybe I don't know the beat. So like, yeah, maybe it could it, be like, the kind of thing where like the next line rhymes with that line. Um, yeah, fair enough. Also, maybe it's all in Norwegian and this is true, just a translation. True, and it's just a translation. Um, but it, I mean, like I think it's the kind of thing that like sounds poignant, but I I can't actually <laughs> grasp what I mean. Like it kind of just sounds. I, no, I'm also struggling to understand the like narrative of the song. You yeah. made me believe you're a monster. Like right. you're not really a monster, but you made me believe that. Right. Maybe it's like you know the story of like I don't want to break up with this person, so I'll just make them hate me, like a rom com sitcom kind of plot. Uh, then they'll break up with me. Right. And then now she's like, oh man, he was perfect. He just made me believe he's a monster. Right. Um, I'm also like the the throwaway line that the lead singer was known as Mama at the time, like at the at what the time they entered the song, but now now several months later, she's no longer known as Mama. Because <laughs> that was just a that was a throw to uh to Nate. She, they, she changed her name yeah, just she was for like, I need Eurovision. to get a couple extra points. Yeah, maybe she could trick him into thinking that. That is Nate's mom. I'm actually heartbroken that uh, when I first generated all this, so I had those first three already writ- already like generated and written, but this one I kind of lost and had to regenerate, but I had the title and the band, and the first time around it said it was a, a song about love gone wrong and something about uh, like th- it had a much better lyric in there, and it was like something like, 
we are not our pasts, we are not our futures. And I thought Ooh. that fit really well with like the, you know, every every time the sun comes up and down, we're a different yeah. person. What did it, how did it do? Well, let's see. The, the judges were not fooled by the blatant pandering of renaming yourself Mama. They okay, only good. gave this a 45. Oh, yikey. Okay. All right. Last entrant yeah, trying to beat Where is the Sky. I, yeah, we'll see. Um, the This song is called Facing the Jungle, and it is a song by Greek artist Rocco Pellegrino, um, and it is a song. I was really excited about this. The first line made me excited. I was like, oh, this is going to be some like, um, this is going to be like a, a uh, um, Heart of Darkness kind of narrative. Like, uh, like this is going to be some dark trawling, uh, uh, lose yourself in the jungle kind of thing. Um <laughs> M&M's lose yourself but taking place in, in a jungle. jungle. Yeah, precisely. With uh rainforest cafe noises in the back. Um a song it's a it is a song about a journey to reach the jungle. Ooh, uh-huh, right? Okay, fun. Okay, yeah. He was born into a farming family in the town of Calliope, Greece. Or sorry, it's Calliopol. Calliopol, Greece. Okay. And grew up in the city of Santorini where he met his wife and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> already had a daughter had Ooh, never met her before <laughs> um he then made his way to the southernmost tip of greece where he eventually got married to an icelandic woman named tania who was a dancer they had their first child a son named rufus who lived in new york city in 2001 so i think this is just like it's actually just like an autobiographical song and like to him the jungle is just like fucking life man you know like thought i was gonna have a fun life then i got married <laughs> Now I have yeah, kids. Sometimes, sometimes when you have a metaphor, the it's a lot more fun if it was just literal and there's no metaphor at all. Right. But, like if you're literally telling me about a trip through the jungle, that's rad. If you're right. trying to tell me that like my life is a jungle, I was married twice. Right. <laughs> my Lame. life Who is cares? a jungle. Yeah. So it it uh, Rocco Pellegrino is also a very good name that I was excited about, but. I, I do like that, boring. and I I must also say there are two mothers in this song. So there are two I mothers in this song. Do. Yeah, there's so many mothers this year. Yeah, I, yeah I, I I would say almost every song has a mother involved. It doesn't say exactly when this song like was supposed to be about, like what his like what the timeline of this is, because the only date that shouted out is that his son Rufus lived in New York City in 2001, and I don't know if he was like in college or like six years old or if he was like an adult by that time this whole thing's like hitting me like a bob dylan song where it just like i know these like biographical <laughs> moments and like right yeah 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 so i don't I, know if eurovision's wanting something like this yeah well let's see um you'd be wrong uh they really really want it it oh, no. got a 99 oh my god <laughs> It did the best it could have possibly done. Wow, the very last song in the contest wins The Jungle by Rufus, no, by Marco Pellegrino. Rocco Pellegrino. Rocco Pellegrino with The Jungle is your Eurovision champion. Oh, man, yeah, and it's... uh... 
feel like there was there were so many good narrative driven songs, and this is what one. This sounds like the most trawling, boring life, like you know, just slice of life narrative that you could have. Yeah, this is. I'm I'm legit thinking of Bob Dylan's "Tangled Up in Blue," where he just like lists like I met this girl, and it was 1961. <laughs> How weird is that? <laughs> it's the jungle. Yeah, it's the jungle, man. Um, the jungle, baby. It's yeah. They, I think that's yeah. I, I I don't know. I you know I I think it's actually kind of clear what happened here. Um, I think it's there was obviously a lot of pandering to Nate Roos. Um, and but it was a little bit more overt. And I think Rocco Pellegrino kind of had the nuance at least to to slide into mothers without making them like the titular character of the song. And and I think that yeah, you know what. He yeah. had the highest like MPM moms per minute. Yeah, I just I think he I think he I think he did it and I think he did it in a way that that Nate was able to put his weight towards where it didn't seem like he was being affected by the pandering, you know, like he didn't pick the song about the mother. He picked the song that, you know, had the yeah, most mothers yeah. per capita. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every time we play Star Maker or a variant of Star Maker, Nate Roos somehow gets involved. I mean, he um, just, yeah, he he does. Well, we did a whole one about him one time, so I think yeah. he's just kind of been in the spirit of it ever since. Well, I mean, that's that's Eurovision. That's Greece Eurovision, wins. baby. Um, we did have a lot of good entrants this year, yeah, and I think oh. we actually had different, like a lot of different countries represented. Yeah, so I, nice. I don't think we, I don't think we had any overlap. I have some like runners up that didn't. I had like a whole list of them, and I'm trying yeah, to see what the ones. Them. Oh, this is one that I did. I wanted to talk about, but it didn't strike me as a funny enough name when I was looking. Um, this was actually an entry from the United States. <laughs> um, Ooh, bold. and it was even more confusing by Lavender Brown. <laughs> Oh, and the song weird. the song is just called the one i love so i don't know if that was like a an actual like do you think it was like do a wizard this is rock, a w band? rock band yeah <laughs> yeah from the united states so i wonder why it didn't get far um and they're just covering rem songs <laughs> yeah. but she, i mean obviously the l- lyrics are changed to be like about uh ron weasley about ron weasley yeah exactly um yeah. Uh, did you have any runners up that you wanted to, to show? Yeah, out? I had a confusing one. There okay. is a band from Poland, but the band is called Macedonia. Oh. Uh, and their song was called Bird and Panda, which sounds oh, nice. I'm, I like I'm thinking that. that's like a children's song, which yeah. is an interesting entry. Yeah, like I mentioned, so there there were some um there were some notable names on my list. Um I, like I said, Bjork actually entered a song called Dream for Switzerland. Um and then for Italy. Rachmaninoff entered a song called Daughter wow. of the Sun. <laughs> S-O-N or S-U-N? S-U-N. <laughs> He's dead, right? Is that like, like super dead? That's like yeah, a spiritual successor dead. to uh, the the song about the sky, right? Yes, yeah. Where is the sky? Daughter of the Sun. Oh, that's And that beautiful. makes the sun a mother. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? I had Gwen Stefani's lesser-known sister, Lolo Stefani, <laughs> writing a song called Diva for Albania. Ooh, that sounds like a fun time. I had, uh, I had, oh, 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 Iceland, uh, an entry from Iceland from a, a band or an individual, not sure. It's called Daga Digaboo. <laughs> and, Ooh, fun. And the song is called Mango in My Heart. Honestly, really good. We should have done that one. I I I totally missed it when I was when I was picking them. 
Uh, I just hit another. <laughs> I love mango in my heart. I just did another generation, and I have a bunch of a uh, bunch of known entities trying to sneak into Eurovision, Ooh, like, like Kelly Clarkson with oh. "My Life Would Suck Without You" for the United States, <laughs> Beyonce with "If I Was If I Were a Boy" for Australia. Oh, uh, Ed Sheeran is this a real song? Ed Sheeran representing Great Britain with a song called "Starters." I do not know about that. Is that like a rejected song he wrote for like Applebee's for like to promote appetizers? <laughs> yeah, entirely. Yeah, I, I don't like this trend of uh, oh, uh, Greece has Coldplay entering with a song called Adventure of a Lifetime. That sounds like a Coldplay song. That's oh, what I, feel, I thought. I feel yeah. like I had one more that I wanted to shout out and then I lost it. Oh, here's a <laughs> one one more uh, pandering to, to Nate Roos. Oh. This is a song called Super Creep. From a French band called Fun Lovin' Criminals. Oh. And I think they mean the band fun. Is it spelled fun, period, lovin' criminals? <laughs> Unfortunately not. We have to assume. <laughs> um, my last one that I wanted to shout out was, um, it's a song by Kim Hoos from Slovakia, and it's called Don't Dance. <laughs> I like that. I feel like I think that would actually make a really good like Euro like poppy dancey song where it's oh, just like a definitely an Eastern European women a woman that's like the only English lyric in it is like don't dance oh that would be good I was hoping it was more a, a spiritual successor to I don't dance from High School Musical too uh, I thought you were gonna say a spiritual successor to the movie Footloose mm, no it's like the town has their revenge yeah no all right well <laughs> that's uh it's <laughs> Eurovision. Euro, do we have a name for this? Euro, Euro Magnificent Learning Vision mm, yeah. 2021. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll still have a podcast by Eurovision 2022 and we'll do this again. Yeah. And so if you, uh, if you had thoughts and opinions about the, uh, the rankings here and if you, you feel like the judges, you know, snubbed anyone and you want to let us know, um, you can, uh, contact us and you can do that a couple of ways and that would be, by email, and that's robots at backcamp.org. You could also tweet at us at robot typewriter, and we also have a theme song that was not in Eurovision called Video Challenge by Anna Monaguchi. And I've been, I, I'm, I'm trying to write a um, description of Mango in my heart, unless you had another one that you wanted oh, to. Oh, no, please do, do Mango in my heart. Do you think the Mango in my heart features the line, like, you're the apple of my eye and the oh, Mango in my heart? I hope so. I love that. You're the banana in my tailpipe. <laughs> oh, this might be shaping up to be a very sweet song. Hang out. I mean, hang hold out. On. <laughs> hold on. I was looking at the words hang out. <laughs> I really like that as a way to tell someone to like hold on or Yeah, just hang, hang out for a second. <laughs> yeah, Mango in My Heart is a song by Daga Digaboo from Iceland. Um, and it is about two guys that get drunk and hang out for a few days in Reykjavik in the winter. They start hanging out with each other and they do stuff and that's how they met. After a couple days of hanging out together, they start dating and eventually they get married. Yes! <laughs> Uh, I was this is just like two it. dudes that meet in like a hostel. I was thinking because like I, um, I mean, maybe this is just because I've done this once, but in my head, Reykjavik is like a big, uh, I almost said hangover, uh, layover airport. 
and like okay yeah i was imagining (laughs) they get like they they get trapped in the Reykjavik airport during like a big uh winter snowstorm or something and they're stuck there a couple of days and just like drink their way through the airport and never never leave each other's side after that yeah they drink and fuck their way through the airport (laughs) i think that's a beautiful story i was dying for it to get romantic and it was like it just kept saying like they met and were hanging out and were drinking and then they get drunk together and then they uh get married i i think you know the one genre where i think we need more gay representation is like buddy movies where it's just like (laughs) yeah instead of two guys like drinking their way through vegas it's two guys drinking their way through vegas and then also being in love right i mean like that's the thing if you if you made that movie about like a layover where two people like chance meet and it happened to be a straight couple they would obviously get together at the end but if it was just two buddies right it would never happen yeah this is a great time to get into this conversation you know I'm imagining like the the film version of this with guys would be like yeah. Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they would not oh end God. up fucking unless you made them. Unless you made at them at gunpoint. <laughs>